It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's coming, it's coming, football's coming. We'll go on getting back, so getting back, so getting back, so Hello and welcome to another week of After Extra Time podcast, that footballing podcast that everyone doesn't know about but listens to it anyway. Um, I am your host Jacko this week, joined once again by Jack without the diva himself because he's decided to take another trip to the beach. But as he's not here, we'll forget about him. How are you, Jack? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. Obviously, yeah. Last week we were COVID it up, but yeah, we're uh, escaped the britches of it now and uh, on the up. So yeah, especially after the result today as well, things are on the up. Yeah, very good. Um, right, so you, you, you fans that are with us, you'll probably be wondering why, why won't these guys just take a break, take the hint, have a couple of weeks off, enjoy the sunshine. <laughs> we've got to carry on, lads. We've, we've got to keep you all entertained with all our bullshit every week. Well, that's Greeny, but Greeny's bullshit. Well, yeah, but we have got the Euros now, so we have something to talk about. Um, Before we do, um, a little bit of a serious plug. Um, All of us after extra time, say all of us, the three of us, um, our thoughts are with Christian Eriksen and his family at this time. Um, It's Yesterday is something that I never, ever thought I'd see. Um... And yeah, it's just everyone was right to accept the fact that football was the minute thing yesterday. It was all about Christian Eriksen getting the treatment he needed. And, you know, the, the great bit of news from, that came out of that was that he was stable. He was talking to staff and players from Inter Milan last evening. Um, you know, proper congratulations to the medical staff and the first responders in Copenhagen to, to be able to treat Christian as, as quickly as they did. 
I think the majority of us would feel that if they didn't get there as quickly as they did, they may not have been able to save him. But fair play to you all. Um, and let's just hope he makes a very speedy recovery and hopefully we can see him at this tournament before before too long. Um, so, yeah, so now, now that that bit's done. Oh, also, um, our thoughts were also with the England fan or the football fan that fell at Wembley this afternoon. I do hope he's okay. Um, it's never nice to hear have any news like this at the start of a major major footballing tournament. Everyone just wants to be able to enjoy the football. Um, but yeah, let's just hope he has a speedy recovery as well and it's nothing too serious. Um, we'll start, Jack, with today's game, predominantly because we are England fans. Um, England opened their European Championship um Log with a one nil win over Croatia. Um, what what did you make of the game, uh, and, and what did you make of Southgate's team selection, Jack? Yeah, I think um, the first half an hour, England were were fairly solid there on top. They did what they had to do. Um, I think after those after that sort of first half an hour, the game sort of. It didn't go to a low, but it was um, Croatia sort of found their feet a little bit, and mm. I think England came up the blocks uh, really quick in the first half. Now I don't think we were accustomed to seeing that. Um, and then second half was you know, a little bit slower to, to get started. Um, but I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I don't really think Croatia posed much of a threat. Which was a bit no. of a shock, really. I thought they were going to bring a bit more to the table, but they didn't. Um, I was a little bit surprised at the team. Um, it's quite funny, really, because I was chatting to a couple of my mates and stuff earlier, and I said that um, all the players that I didn't want in the team, ironically, were the best players on the pitch. <laughs> um, I wasn't too sure on Mings, who I thought was brilliant. Um, I think the big one was was Sterling that started, and obviously Grealish hadn't. I think a lot of people were fuming at that, and but Sterling was absolutely brilliant, got his goal. Mm. And then the one player that I sort of wasn't too sure about, and him playing two holding midfielders was Calvin Phillips, who was for me the best player on the pitch today. Um, yeah, definitely. Was absolutely brilliant, great work to set the goal up, and he was just everywhere today. So yeah, um, as I say, I don't really think Croatia posed much of a threat, which to me was quite surprising. Um, but yeah, it was it's a great start to the tournament. It's a clean sheet. It's it's three points. And I think probably a winner on Scot against Scotland on Friday would probably pretty much guarantee England to, to go through, really. I think. Yeah. Especially if it's a draw tomorrow in the Scotland Czech Republic game. So yeah, and no, I think the the whole occasion was fantastic, you know. Obviously it's a shame Wembley wasn't full, but to have mm. some sort of fans in there. Um I was obviously baking hot as well, which I think at times you could tell from the game because the game was quite England doing the right thing. They were just trying to suck the life out of it, sort of thing. Keep the yeah. ball, get Croatia moving, and uh, I mean it worked really. Uh, personally, for me, I thought I thought England did did, did a job today. They looked they looked really good in that half hour. Um, I, I think the only sort of I don't, I don't want to say criticism, well, sort of criticism. Yeah, it's not really like a nag and that because obviously I'm buzzing England have won and I'm buzzing. Mm. We've got three points, but I think Mount didn't really get involved today. I don't know whether no. it's because of where he was playing or, or what. Um, Kane, again, didn't really have a sniff, um, which I thought was quite surprising. Mm. But, um, oh yeah, and I was going to say, Trippier starting at left-back was also a weird 
a weird pit yeah. from Southgate, but he he had a good game. I think he opted for experience there, and you know, sort of, you know, the defense looked relatively solid, really. But as I say, Croatia didn't really pose much of a threat. Um, mm. But yeah, it's, it's a great start to the tournament, and I can't. For, for me now, I thought Croatia was the toughest game. I don't think. Well, I say that. I, um, I think Scotland will be a different sort of test Friday. Mm, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a great start to the tournament, and, and I'm absolutely buzzing. Just just to take to watch it by myself because it's yeah. a bit of isolation. But yeah. I'm absolutely chuffed, and uh, it's a great way to start the tournament. Yeah, um, you know I, what I took away from it is again something similar to you. For the first sort of 15, 20 minutes, we were on top. We deserved at least two goals with some of the play that we we had between. Uh, Trippier and Sterling on on the left with um, Foden on the right causing hassle to to Guardiol. Um, I was thoroughly impressed with Rice and Phillips. I think what what Phillips tends to do at Leeds is a sort of domestic. He is that sort of midfield pivot between the midfield four and 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 the back four, and he he's got he can play passes we we've seen it in the premier league we, but you and i will especially have seen it in the championship he is one of those players that is just quality in the midfield and i felt with having rice next to him especially with croatia playing um one up top it it, it gave phillips that license to be a bit more um attack minded with within certain areas, especially when Foden and Sterling would sort of push the fullbacks wide, you had you then had Mount and Phillips behind Kane. Choices um, for selection again, I I would have probably started Grealish instead of Mount, um, and probably had Sterling on the right, Grealish on the left, with Foden behind Kane. Um, again, I. Trippier, I, I, Trippier didn't do anything wrong with today. Again, as, as you said, it was experience. I felt I probably would have wanted to have seen Shaw in there. But mm. I have a funny feeling he, he may rotate on Friday, depending on who's playing. Um, and I, I didn't really have any other um, you know, problems with that squad. I, I thought Walker, apart from the, the pass into Phillips that led to the goal, I thought Walker had a pretty poor game. Um, yeah, I think defensively he was sound, but going yeah, forward was, he, he looked poor. Yeah, which, that's what I was going to say. I thought I didn't think he, defensively he did anything wrong. It was just more no. going forward. But um, I think um, whether or not that was Harry Kane in the Spurs mindset of dropping deeper, um, or that's what Southgate's got him doing, but it wasn't working because if he if he came back into the midfield to sort of help. With the possession in midfield, you, you had no immediate outlet up top, um, and you had to sort of hope that Foden and Sterling had got space behind the fullbacks to to be able to sort of create that sort of pressure. Um, I probably would have brought Calvert Lewin on if the goal hadn't have, have been scored when it did. I probably would have given another sort of ten minutes and then brought Calvert Lewin on because I just feel that him. Him as a striker, he plays with his back to goal, but up against the back four, he doesn't always drop in to the midfield area with the likes of Richarlison and, and James Rodriguez and Alan and Decore at Everton, so he doesn't need to. Um, 
but I, I thought, yeah, I thought it was a, it was a, a, a competent performance that needed to be. You know, in, you know, the, as you and I spoke about this before the the, the game started, I was mm. overly confident. No. I never really have been. Um, you know, <laughs> my my confidence paid off in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was expecting some form of comment from you at some point. Um, you know, I I don't feel we have a good record against Croatia as of late. Obviously, the 2018 semi final is sort of the big high point in in my thought behind that. We've obviously the stat was reading before today. We hadn't won our opening game in the last nine European Championships. So, you know, there, there was certain sort of hesitancy from me to think that we were going to do well, but. Again, from the off, we looked on it. We were we were prepared to push up. We were prepared to press, which, again, from Southgate at times, I didn't expect to see um, with how defensively minded he can be. Um, but yeah, it was a good performance. I thought the goal was brilliant. I thought Phillips was superb today. He was he was my man of the match. I think. Um, sorry, to interrupt. I think he. Um, I think a couple of those players today. Um, mm. I. Weirdly enough, I was obviously by myself, but obviously in my head I was thinking that today a couple of players on that team sheet were obviously question marks and people yeah. have obviously all got their own decisions of who they want in uh, in their lineups. But I actually thought today was one of the days where some of those players could actually prove the point of why they've started. I think Calvin Phillips yeah. is probably going to be starting every group game now. I think he, like you say here, and Rice proved really well in there. They had a really nice partnership. Mm. Um, Rice was practically filling in sometimes for Stones or um, Mings, Mings. Yeah. Uh, which meant they could play a little bit wider to receive the ball. Mm. Like you say, Phillips was up there at times. He was as high as Kane, and which was yeah. working. And but as you say, obviously the goal came from him as well. So yeah, I think for me, I think that was as I said earlier. I think all the players that I was sort of questioning, sort of yeah, sort of two fingers up to me today, and were like, Do you know what, yeah. this is, which is great to see. I mean, for me, that only. Is a good thing because it it's going to be positive around the squad and it's going to be, it's going to give Gareth Southgate um, headache and it's going to ultimately make the England squad stronger if everyone's you know competition for places as well. So, but I, I think I'm sort of the same mindset as you. I think you might see Grealish, potentially Rashford, maybe in the in the starting eleven for the Scotland game. Maybe sure. Yeah. Maybe even Bellingham as well, who I thought was good when he came on. So. I, yeah, I thought that as well. I've I've been. As much as we we talk about the championship, I, I hadn't seen much of him at Birmingham. Yeah, when he first burst onto the scene, I was under the impression he played a lot. What I think Birmingham might have played him a lot wider than than they than England have, and then obviously for him to go to Dortmund, I was quite surprised. But from what I've seen of him in an England shirt for a guy who's seventeen, yeah, seventeen, I think he's eighteen in sort of a week or two. Yeah, there's a lot of maturity in that player and he's one of those that you think if he can carry on his development at teams like Dortmund and, and it's done well, he could be a stalwart along with the likes of Rice and Foden and, and others that you probably... it probably come closer to a, another version of that sort of golden generation where they're all sort of merged together. Mm. Um but uh, yeah, that's that's far far into the distance at this rate. Um, we'll, we'll just quickly talk about Croatia, Jack. Obviously, Scotland play Czech Republic uh, tomorrow. Yeah, um, we play Scotland on Friday. If 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 Croatia don't get a result against the Czech Republic next at the end of the week, is 
more than likely is that them out of the tournament. And if it is, is that a surprise that they've gone? Yeah, I, th- I think if they struggled to get probably probably two wins actually, really, or winning yeah. a draw, they can't really afford to lose another game. Otherwise, yeah, like you say, I think that's them probably out. And I think mm. from an England point of view, I mean, it, it was um, probably well the best result for tomorrow's game. Scotland and Czech Republic games probably a draw, but um, yeah. yeah, I think it is a surprise. Um, I think you look at some of their squad, and they've got Modric, Perisic, Kramaric. Um, Vira, um, Vasalco, yeah, Vasalco. They've got a lot of experienced players. You know, Modric's been there and done it. They've got a lot of quality. Is, is, is Rakitic injured? Is he out of the tournament? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, yeah. because uh, he's not even in the squad. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you say, obviously Rakitic is missing as well. But you've got a lot of, you know, you've got a good a good squad of players and a lot of their experience. And they, you know, don't forget they obviously beat England in the in the semi final in the World Cup in mm. twenty eighteen and they got to a World Cup final. So. That squad's obviously no mugs, and yeah, all right. People will say that England or Croatia's path was easy, and I mean, okay, yeah, it was, but you have to beat what's in front of you, and they got to yeah, World Cup final. Yeah. So yeah, I, th- I mean, for me, it would definitely be a shock. But um, there's always a, a team that who are not expected to go out. They always go out early. You mm. know, there's always that every tournament, and it's just a case of who it is. And I mean, it could well be Croatia. You know. Um, yeah. I think they did have a tough test today playing England. I personally, for me, as I've said, I think I expected them to be more of a test today. I expected England to, in my mind, had a one-all draw as a, as a position. Yeah. And I personally, I know a lot of people might mind if they listen to this, but I'd, I'd have taken a point today and then yeah. gone on to beat, hopefully win your next two games. But I mean, it's a perfect start. And yeah, I, for me, I think if they were to go out and Scotland and Czech Republic, one of those to go through, and maybe even both of them, if they can mm. get a best one of the fourth, third place finishes to go through, then yeah, for me that would be a shock. Mm. Okay, well let's obviously let, let's just quickly go through the rest of the the games that we've seen so far. There's obviously been quite a few of them already. Um, Italy opened their campaign to a wonderful opening ceremony in Rome, um, and followed that up with a. I, I, would you say outstanding? I think they were. I, I think they were. I think very, were, very good. Yeah, I think. I'd but use I just con- think Turkey were quite poor. Yeah, I'd use convincing. I think. I think. Um, I don't think outstanding does rid no. them. I think, like you say, I think Turkey were a lot poorer than people expected. Mm. Um, Italy, you know, fair place them. They look solid. Um, they, I think defensively, that's where their class is. You know, like, I think. Yeah, they conceded one in twelve prior to the game against Turkey. Mm. So. Potential, you know, dark horses that make people forget about Italy. You know, I think Manchini's yeah. got, got them well drilled, and yeah, I think I think a lot of people expected a bit more from Turkey as well, and they just just didn't look anything really. They often didn't offer no. anything going forward. They kept everyone behind the ball, and when they did break, they didn't really offer anything. So yeah, mm. um, oh, obviously yesterday was quite difficult for for a number of reasons. Um, but we'll start with um, Wales against Switzerland in Baku. Um, Kiefer Moore, who Mr. Green has decided <laughs> that he's going to be the winner of the Golden Boot this tournament, um, got a deserved equaliser against Switzerland. So I don't think either side were overly great, but I do feel that Wales deserved something out of that game. Um, I felt Ward was probably the best player on the pitch for Wales. I think some of the saves he made in that second half were outstanding. And to be fair, the 
Um, Moore should have had a goal in the first half if it weren't for a, a superb save from from Sommer as well. Um, how do you see Wales going in that group after watching all four teams, Jeff? Yeah, I think um, points be a good result in terms of, you know, I think don't lose your first game is obviously where you want to be at. Um, yeah. I think they'll beat it. Um, I think they'll beat Italy. No, I don't think they'll beat it. I don't, I don't <laughs> you said that now. Italy. I'll do a greenie. Uh, you said it now, Jack. You yeah, mean fuck. It. <laughs> uh, I don't think they'll beat Italy. Um, no. I think if they can beat Turkey, who I think from what we've seen, I think they only really go on the first games we've seen, um, who they've got next uh, on Wednesday. Uh, I think they can definitely beat Turkey. Yeah, and then obviously it sets them up in the last game on the on the twentieth against um, Italy, which yeah. I'd be surprised if they did get anything. But I think if they can get a win uh, against Turkey, they can probably go through. Really, mm. probably go through as a third place team, or yeah, dependent on the other results as well. I don't I just I should imagine Switzerland will beat Turkey. Um, mm. I don't think they'll beat Italy, so I'll probably leave both of them on four points. And I suppose it's. Yeah, it might it might be who can just get as many goals as possible past Turkey or who can concede least to Italy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, where do you think Wales would sort of aim for? Is it a case of obviously the the unlikelihood would be that they win the group because if 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 obviously Italy play that well against Switzerland again in midweek, you're sort of sitting there thinking again. As we just said earlier, dark horses. Would would they be happy with with finishing at least third, Wales, or trying to get one of the best four, uh, best third place teams? Yeah, I think um, if they come second, they obviously play um, second in Group B, mm. which is more than likely going to be either sort of Finland or Denmark. So they probably take that, and then if they come third in their group, they play the winner of Group B, which would probably be Belgium. Belgium. So, yeah. I think you'd probably want that, if you're a Welsh fan, you'd probably want them to come second in the group. Yeah. But I think, as long as they get through the group, I'm sure that's where they'll be. And then, uh, I, I'm not sure whether they'll get past the the, uh, the round of 16, for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I think if you're a Welsh fan, you're probably hoping to come out of the group and then, and then go from there, really. I suppose that's mm-hmm. a successful campaign, really. Um, I know, obviously, the Euros where they got to the semi-final, but I think that's sort of wishful thinking again if you're a Welsh yeah. um, So, we'll move on to Group B now. Um, obviously, yesterday was marred by um, the unfortunate events in Copenhagen, um, where, obviously, Finland were making, I believe, their Euro Championship debut. Oh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm almost certain somebody will. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but they, um, obviously, a historical moment for them was that they they got their first win. Um, Obviously, Denmark had a penalty in the second half, which unfortunately was saved. Um, And I think Roy Keane made a comment in the studio that I think had he been on the pitch, Ericsson probably would have taken it. And the result may have been a lot different. Um, uh, If you're Denmark, do you just completely write off yesterday and look at trying to get points from the Russia game and hope Finland don't and they look at trying to get the runners-up spot? Yeah, I think, obviously, before, obviously, what, what happened, and um, I think before the, those events, Denmark were comfortably on top. It was just a case that they couldn't find that killer sort of pass or, yeah, you know, couldn't get that chance. Um, I think, 
you've got to put the result down to I know obviously no disrespect to Finland but I think you've got to put that result down to the, res- the events that happened I mean I think on a, on a normal day Kasper Schmeichel saves that because it was sort of straight out mm. um, you know and yeah sort of Finland really only really had one opportunity and obviously scored and like you say that the Hoiberg penalty was poor and like I said Christian Eriksen probably would have taken it had he mm. not you know obviously what happened to him um, mm. do yeah, you I think just, I think like you said I think I think Denmark will probably yeah like you say sort of scratch that result and, and go from there and I, I still think they'll go through whether or not they yeah. go through second or third place best finisher up or best mm. third place finish I think I definitely think they'll go through that. I think they're good enough to and just a just real shame obviously what happened yesterday Mm. Do you do you think that they should have carried on the game on the day, or do you think, regardless of the fact that they all wanted to play, or they said they all wanted to play, do you think they should have postponed it for uh, another day? Yeah, it's, see, I saw a lot about this on Twitter and people moaning, saying, "Oh, it's this, you know, how can they play?" But I think ultimately, if the players wanted to play, and obviously, I think Ericsson said, I think he made made a FaceTime or something and said to the the team that he's getting better and he wants them to play. So, yeah. I mean, if they all wanted to play, then yeah, that's fair enough. But I just think sometimes, ultimately, obviously, I suppose in hindsight, it's easy to say that they probably should have waited till the following day or whatever mm. as the result. But I just think having just seen one of your teammates, I think it was is Ericsson skipper as well. No, Jamaica was. Oh, was it? But, or, you know, or Schmeichel or Care, uh, Care was. I think uh, Care was, yeah, actually. No. Yeah, but I mean, you're, you're one of the most influential players, obviously, mm. something you know like that traumatic happens and your mind's not going to be on finishing a football game, really, is it? So, yeah. And I think that sort of showed with the way they played. They played, they kept the ball a lot for the second half. And it just They didn't really have any sort of penetration. I just think, I think with the Danish skipper, he was obviously very emotional in the, in the post-match press conference and saying like, they just wanted to get the game out of their way and stuff like that, which is fair enough yeah. to get that. Um, I think it's probably the right thing to do in the end, but ultimately for the result, probably not the right thing to do. But if they wanted to play it, then you know, play it. Um, obviously, the other game last night in Group B was Belgium, who I consider one of the favourites for the tournament. Um, they started off with another convincing sort of result against Russia, three nil. Lukaku bagged two goals. Um, Belgium in the list of teams that should, you know, could be close to winning this tournament. Yeah, I think they've got to be up there. Um, you know, um, I just, uh, for me, they're sort of a team that are always there or thereabouts, but don't ever get over the line. Um, yeah, but I think yeah, they've got a, they've got a great chance. I think maybe get to the semis for me. I don't know whether they'll get any further than that. I just don't know if they can ever shake that tag of being like maiden. European, you know, winners, they've never got over the line mm. with it. And yeah, obviously, it was comfortable yesterday. Didn't really have any sort of pressure put on them or anything like that. And they've still got De Bruyne no. to come back as well. And, and Hazard, if exactly, yeah, Hazard. Hazard obviously came off the bench and stuff. So it's, it's sort of hard to gauge it. But I think for me, I think the pool of winners is probably either going to be between Germany, France. Italy, um, Portugal, Spain, mm. England, probably between one of those six. Yeah. I think, uh, personally for me, I think France are going to do it again. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, but I mean, there's no reason why Belgium can't go the way, really. I mean, you look at the pool of the players they've got, oh now, hmm. and start to you know get a real going culture for them now, and you know they have got some really really good players, and, and Lukaku's in the form of his life. Mm. when you bring De Bruyne back into that and Hazard looked, looked I know he's obviously only playing in Russia but looked bright when he came off the bench so yeah yeah I mean there's no reason why they can't definitely get to the last four and, and even even win it really mm. okay well obviously we've discussed the England-Croatia game um, weirdly enough the Group C game between Scotland and the Czech Republic is tomorrow I'm not quite sure what the thinking was behind that but obviously the other uh, game that we've had so far today um, was a, a big win for Austria. They they beat North Macedonia 3-1 um, in Hungary. No, Romania, sorry. Um, with the Dutch playing um, you, the Ukrainians this, this evening, and with the likelihood that, that the Dutch have got a few key injuries to, to key players there, is this group more one of the open groups, do you think? Or do you still think the Netherlands are good enough to to see themselves as group winners for this? Yeah, I think... I agree with you. I think this, this group's definitely one of the more open. Um, along with Group B, Group A and Group E, I think. I think they're the sort of more sort of open groups. I think don't think for your group winner. I think I still think Ukraine... Ukraine. I still think Netherlands have enough talent and quality and strength and depth to win the group. I think they'll beat mm. Ukraine for that. I think they'll probably sort of win 2-0 or something like that. Um, that doesn't help me, Jack, because I've got Ukraine in my sweepstake at work. So, that doesn't <laughs> Well, I mean, who knows? I mean, Ukraine are no mugs, but I just think the Netherlands have sort of got too much quality. But I think in terms of runner-up, it, it could be anyone, really. I mean, mm. uh, probably not North Macedonia. I thought they were unlucky, to be fair. I thought they played well. Um I thought they played with a lot of heart and I think 3-1 sort of flatters Austria. Um, I think Austria's extra sort of quality off the bench yeah. um, got them the win, to be honest. But I think Austria or Ukraine, whoever wins that could be a runner-up. Yeah. Um, and if any, if, if Ukraine or Austria can sneak something off Netherlands, then I suppose that opens the group. I mean, if, like you say, if Ukraine go out there tonight and get a point or even win, then it, I suppose it shakes the group right open. So, mm. But yeah, I think Netherlands have enough quality. It's just a case of... He finishes second in that group. What did you make of? Uh, I know you said that Austria were quite lucky, or uh, they, they were quite lucky to get the result in the end. Do you not think that Austria sort of seemed in control of that, or was it maybe a case that when they bought the fresh legs on the likes of Arnautovic and Gregoric, that it sort of changed the pace back into Austria's favour again? Yeah, I, I personally thought, you know, I think the the goal was poor from North Macedonia to score it. I think it was poor goalkeeper from Batman. Mm. Poor defending as well. Um, I thought they, they fought Macedonia. I thought they they were sort of well, they was positive when they had the ball and stuff. They didn't look to sit back at one one. They wanted to go and win the game, which mm. obviously great as a neutral. I just think sort of add a bit of quality really. I think you look at the ball in from Alaba for the second goal. Yeah, as I said, you know they added quality and like you say, fresh legs as well. I think that just sort of tipped Austria over the thing. And I always expected Austria to beat Macedonia. You know, I didn't expect anything else. Um, no. But I thought Macedonia put on a good show and I didn't think they were, you know, I think a lot of people thought they were probably going to be, you know, piss poor and they weren't really. I'm, I I'm, I say Austria, I didn't think they were always in control because I thought at times, you know, the game was stretched in the second half a little bit and it was good to see both teams going for it. I just think that, you know, like I say, Austria had that added quality, Halibut with a great ball in and mm. Grigoric gets the goal and then obviously Anatovic just gets the the goal in, in sort of the 88th, 89th minute to just sort of seal it and, 
you know, when you've got added players like that to come off the bench, I think it's always going to help. And, you know, ultimately Macedonia probably, you know, like I say, that result flatters them a bit. But yeah. um, the result flatters for Austrians. And I think maybe North Macedonia probably could have ended up, unfortunately, probably with no points. But, you know, I'm sure they enjoyed the ride. You know, they made a good noise as well in the, in the ground in the yeah. rest as well. So. Well, they only had six and a half thousand in, I think, which was, you know, a good enough atmosphere. I, I think that's one of the good things that I've, I've seen. E- even though the stadiums have been at sort of half capacity for the majority of the games, the atmosphere's still been good. Yeah, I think that I think... gives me hope that the, the tournament is going to be liked by people that are there. Yeah, I think, like you said, I think uh, some fans is better than none. It's just a shame, you know. Today would have been quality if if Wembley was ninety thousand run full. Yeah. Um, but obviously, and Friday to be fair. Well, yeah, more so Friday. Friday would I think Friday will be rowdy regardless of of, of how many are in there. But like you say, ninety thousand for England, Scotland at Wembley at the Euros would be you know be quality. But I think some fans is better than none, and I think some grounds probably would be more there'd be more of an atmosphere than others, depending on the countries that are playing. I think I can't remember where it was. I think it was a game. I think it was a Wales game um, in Baku. Yeah, in Baku, where there wasn't really that much of an atmosphere, and at times no. the, the the tempo was quite slow. Yeah, and at times when Wales were one 0 down, it did, there wasn't really any sort of. I don't. I think it was like five hundred Wales fans there. I know when they scored, they made themselves so. But I think at times, if you yeah, got it was very quite, quiet. If you got yeah, if you got quite a big ground sometimes, and not that many fans in there. I think they said on the in the coverage that the you know locals were trying to sell the tickets for cheap so they could just fill some seats, but. Mm. I mean, if you're a Wales fan and you're trying to get to Baku, especially with coronavirus restrictions, it's almost impossible. So, yeah. fair play to the, the lot that made themselves out there, that got there. But I think some games, obviously, you'll have more fans in than, than others. And some, like today, with the fans in Bucharest, you're going to get more, because it's sort of Macedonia is obviously near to, to Romania, you're going to get some mm. some countries that have more fans in. But I think, like you say, those kind of games. I think even today with England at Wembley, I think the way they started was, you know, the fans obviously helped them at times and pushed them over in the line and stuff and made them, maybe even made them press and stuff like that. Like if it wasn't, if it wasn't sort of an empty ground, they might have been a bit more laid back and a bit more, you know, sort of not so much on the front foot. So, hmm. well, there we go. Well, unfortunately, because we've had no sort of input from the diva himself it has been a, a a very much shorter version of our podcast this week um what we will probably do is we will get amongst ourselves and we'll have a discussion and see what we can do England's games in the group stages but obviously keep posted for that um but for now um just Thank you again for listening. Hope you enjoy the Euros. Um, send us in your emails of who do you think might win the tournament, who some of the players that you've seen so far that have impressed. Is it Calvin Phillips? Is it Spinazzola for, for Italy? Is it uh, Lukaku for Belgium? Um, get those into after extra time 2020 at gmail.com. Um, or post it on Facebook on our After Extra Time page. Um, we are available on Twitter as well at, at After Extra Time. Um, and that's it, really, Jack. It's only a quick one, mate, because I, I know that we've both got to get back and do a bit of research after watching the um, 
Netherlands versus the Ukraine tonight because you know Greeny's not here. Greeny's signing himself on the beach again. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, two proper grafters out here. You know. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's no. I'm just I'm I can't lie. I'm buzzing the Euros around. Um, mm. It's just just quality to to have that sort of vibe about it. I think the only I don't know about how you feel about it before we go is is the fact that it's it's in twelve different cities. Yeah, I I was never overly confident of how well it would work before the pandemic. Yeah. I think it would have worked a lot better had the restrictions not been there. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not a wonderful thing. However, I think if the cities had been closer to... If the cities had been of 12 of the 24 nations that were sort of you know, the, the, I think the big names, uh, I know it's harsh on the likes of Scotland and Wales and, and stuff like that. But if it were the bigger teams, then I think it would make more sense. But having a game out in Azerbaijan, when I don't think Azerbaijan are there. No, they're not. Um, Romania, when Romania aren't there. Mm. I, I just, I, I like, I, you know, I thought the idea would be good. I think it helps a lot now with the fact that restrictions are in force. Yeah. And a lot of football fans that, probably would have wanted to go to the Wales uh, Switzerland game in Baku obviously couldn't but obviously it's quite a big trek to get out there anyway um, so yeah I, I, I still have always preferred the format of having it in one country and you get that carnival factor the the atmosphere every single day regardless of if it's in France or Germany or, or, or Italy or England or you know, if the World Cup is in Brazil or Spain or Portugal or whatever, um, I, I do, I do kind of miss that. Um, but you know, the atmospheres have been good for all of the games that we've had so far. Hopefully, that continues as we get on into the tournament. Um, I think a lot of England fans are going to be happy that you know their three group games are all at Wembley. The final is at Wembley as well. Yeah, I think they've got a semi at Wembley as well. Yeah, they've got both the semis at Wembley as well. Yeah. So, apart, you know, apart from the group games and a couple of the knockout games, you know, there are quite a lot of games being played at Wembley. Um, But, I, yeah, I just think UEFA, my my political, my my political, personal political view on on the European Championship is UEFA will never want to host a tournament in England. Yeah, but, well, I, I probably but, agree with you, yeah. You know, and I think that, that is a shame because, you know, the last tournament England had was 96. You know, I think the, the one before that was the World Cup in 66. You know, I I just feel that there's, there's some generations of kids that will want to see England play at a major tournament but they won't be able to get to because of either COVID or of how far away they've got to travel. Yeah, I think I think I'm I'm sort of a prime example of that. Obviously, I was born in '96. Obviously, missed Euro '96, and then mm. we've not really had anything. We obviously had the the was it the Euros or the World Cup in France? Um, yeah, which is obviously one of those. But I think the next Euros is in Germany, and I think well, I mean, I might be planning ahead. Whether you boys want to come as well, we can do it after extra time oh. on tour. Uh, well, considering I'm learning German, I think that might be quite a good practice. Well, there you go, mate. Learn on the job. Yeah. I, I, personally, for, <laughs> per, personally for me, I think I um, think actually as well. Me and Greeny were very close. Greeny did. I can't remember if he did, but I, we had we messaged about it, 
um, said, should we go to France? We drive over and just, just mm. go for the atmosphere, not even for any games. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm seriously considering Euros in 2024. Yeah. yeah. In Germany and just going, even if I don't get to go to any games, even if I don't get to go to an England, get into an England game, it'd probably be impossible. Um, yeah. But even just to be out there and just sort of enjoy the atmosphere and being a fan part of a load of England fans would be, would be you know, be unreal. Yeah, so. it'd be great. But yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I often come with you. I think if England did host... I think it comes down to everything. I think if you look, even if you look at the the Olympics in London, how good that was. Mm. I think England is a brilliant place to host a football tournament. You know, this this yeah, country yeah. loves football. You know, there's a lot of high quality stadiums that you can use throughout England. Even um, well, but you you Scotland look at Wales. the stadium. You look at the the you look at the quality of stadiums that we've had yeah. in '96 and what we've got now. You know, yes, there's still some of the old ones, but you know, the new Spurs Stadium, Emirates, the well, King's exactly. Tower. <laughs> exactly. Um, there's there's, there's a, a never-ending list of, of of good stadiums that are, that are over forty thousand. You know, there's loads of them. I mean, yeah. Even I know, obviously, I'm going to be biased, but you could even use Pride Park. You know, we've got thirty-two thousand. You could use that for a group. No, one, no one wants to go to Derby, mate. So shit. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the ground. It's just a team <laughs> of shit. But you know, there's loads. Of, like I said, I think England would, would be great. And imagine, obviously sort of in the future when obviously hopefully code isn't as, as prominent as it is now and it's just sort of you know a thing like flu and mm. imagine having people from all over the world coming over here and it, it, it would just be there'd be festival yeah. vibes all through the summer it'd be brilliant but yeah. you know like you yeah. said with UEFA will it ever happen I mean hopefully it will in this lifetime for both of us and I yeah, mean, it'd be, good. be incredible mm, definitely so there we go um, so this podcast is now part of the sports social network it is the UK's only sport podcast network. Um, find our latest episode and all the other great shows at www.sport-social.co.uk. Um, and that's the first time I've actually done that without the script. I don't think I've ever done it when I've been doing it. No, you haven't. Um, <laughs> Next time. I thought I'd try and get that in there. Yeah, but you say that and you never do. Um, yeah. So I've, I've been your host, Jacko. Um, hopefully the trio will, oh no, the trio may not be back together next week as I may be involved in a very important cricket match. Um, <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Um, but anyway, thank you very much, Jack, as always. It's a, a pleasure to chat to you and not have to deal with the bullshit that is Adam Green. Yeah, this um, is true. Greeny, if you listen to this, fucking sort yourself out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's football on and you're at the beach the problem yeah, mate exactly out of, out of stop, stop, stop going to the stop going to the fucking beach when A you have a podcast to do and B the Euros are on and C England are playing <laughs> yeah <laughs> well there we go everyone well thank you very much for your time we look forward to hearing from you and um, join us again for our next episode thank you Podcast Network.